Amen. You can be seated. Kiddos, it's time. You can head for the door. If you're in second through fifth grade, though, we're going to stay here. Uh-oh. Mass Exodus. And we're welcome, even if you're online, i got to say this. Look, Mom, I wore the tie you got me. So, and then uh, if, okay, that, we did that. You're welcome. Is anybody else already sweating? In case you don't know, Pastor Luke is actually in Greece, and this is week two that I get to come and share the word with you. If you're a guest with us, then I'm going to say you have to come back next week. Pastor Luke will be back. Some of you are like, no, I'm just here for my mom. I'm not coming back. <laughs> so, uh, but happy Mother's Day, and it's awesome to see everyone that's honoring their mom, and uh, some of you that haven't done anything yet, I said, get her a coupon to clean the whole house, but then do it, right? I've, I got a lot of coupons still sitting there. Okay. So, uh Last week, we started off in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, and we went verse 1 through 9, and we had a good time. Uh, in fact, uh, someone at 8 o'clock told, was talking to their husband, and they said, hey, honey, didn't Seth do a good job? And he goes, no, I couldn't sleep. So, <laughs> like, okay, I'll take that as a good compliment. So, all right, 1 Thessalonians, and I'm going to read two verses. Let's stand as we read the Lord's Word. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, we're going to read verse 9 and 10. Who's wearing the crown? All right. It says, For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and the true God, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. So, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word that pierces to every heart, every soul, every person here. And so, Lord, we ask that you maximize your message, minimize the messenger. May you go forth in your power, your strength, Lord, as you want each heart to know you and to know that you wear the crown. Forgive us for when we think we're our own God or when we sit where only you belong. Help us, Lord. Walk us through this and save our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. So the message is, who is wearing the crown? And last week, I uh, went back in the history of First Thessalonica Church in Greece. And uh, what's awesome about this is this church started to go after God with all they had. In fact, it says that they turned to God from idols and all of their testimony, what they were doing, how they were loving God all their faith, their hope, their love, everything was going before them as a testimony. 
So Paul went to the very next town after he left, left Thessalonica, and they were reporting to him what was going on in that church. You following me? So there were some awesome things happening in that church, and I challenged us last week. Who wants to be a part of that church? Who wants to be a part of a church that wherever you go, they're hearing about what's going on at that church? And we have the opportunity to do that. And the first thing they did was they turned to God from idols. Now, I won't give you all of last week's message, but idols are on, for some, are on the outside. They're shrines. They're made of wood, clay, steel, whatever you want to make them out of. And people bow down to them, but can they save? No. God in his word said, all of those idols that a man makes, a man made it. How can it save anyone? They're deaf, they're dumb, they're blind, and they're mute. They're just a piece of wood. Okay. So they turn to God from their idols. The, some are outward, but here's the thing. Some are inward. And you know what? We struggle with these as God's people. These idols sneak into our hearts. Our finances, our jobs, our children, our spouses. Uh, for you, all of us can easily be blindsided by an idol. It could just be entertainment, right? Watch the 29.7 hours of Marvel, right? You could just be show whole, whatever you call it. It can be an idol because you're putting it before God, right? Okay. I'm from Alito, so I'm going to say this again. This is yes. It was back when it was Green Dragons, too. So it was still yes, and this is no. And I need you to participate with me or I get stuck. Oh, everybody was shaking their head. Yeah, we got some Mother Day chicken. Yeah, let's go. All right. So this is yet. All right, we're going we're gonna to kick this back and forth. In this, asking yourself, who's wearing the crown in your life? This, I have to ask myself this all the time. Uh, hey, Seth, you want to go and serve and do this? No. And then Jesus says, yeah, you do. I'm like, oh, I do. Okay, yep, yep. Because I don't want to wear the crown. But that doesn't mean I get to do everything I want to do, right? I mean, we humble ourselves and serve. Now, I want to start verse 9, just as they did. They turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Now, I could talk all about serving the living and the true God. I'm going to skip over that. I'm going to talk about the wrath to come. How many of you are happy now, right? Let's hear a message about wrath. Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. So we're going to talk about this first. How many of you know that God's wrath is not on people? You see, and I used to think that. I think because I did wrong and because I was rebellious in heart that God's wrath was ready to be poured out on me, and I could feel it. But the truth of the matter is, is God's wrath is going to be poured out on sin. Okay? Now, God's wrath and God's love, they're amazing. They're righteous. They're perfect. Both of them, I would say, are equal. 
How many of you know about God's love? Do you think God loves tremendously? Okay, God's wrath for sin is just as tremendous and just as fierce. This isn't the popular one, is it? I'm so thankful that the Bible tells us in James that mercy triumphs over judgment. Because you know what? I have hope. I have hope. If you think with me, what king of this land of all time, what king, past, or dictator who made a commandment and said, don't do this, and some of his servants went out and did it, what would happen to those people? This is participation time. Prison? Okay, yeah. So I'm the king. I'm making a verdict. This is what we're going to do. This is it. Obey the law. And you don't. You know what would happen? Yeah, the Amaro's on it. Yeah, death. Right? Think of this. This was Pharaoh when Joseph was in and had the dreams of the baker and the cup. Right? Thanks for the biscuits. Off with his head. Right? I mean... Think about that. What king out there makes it says, this is what you do. This is what you don't do. And people go out and do it anyway. They're not going to live long, are they? Okay, now think of God telling us, thou shalt not lie. And he's a king. And he's the greatest, most righteous king. And what happens when we've all lied? Uh, crickets now, huh? Sin equals death. So here's God's wrath. All of us are guilty. Who can stand? No one can stand. But this is what God is warning us. He's saying there is wrath that is coming. He's going to pour it out on sin. I know this is thick. You're like, wow, we're two minutes in. Where are we going? God is so merciful. <laughs> what king out there wouldn't just say death instantly, but you know what God says? And this is what the good news is. God says that he's going to take our punishment. He said his righteous right arm is going to uphold him and he's going to be the salvation to his people and he is going to bring them out and remember their iniquities no more. How many want to sign up for that team? You see, because that's the only team that we get to be on when you know Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior from, guess what? God himself. See, I, in my mind, I like to think, oh, I'm saved from hell. I get to escape hell, and I get to go to heaven. And the answer is wrong. Oh, Jack, I get to escape the wrath of God pouring out on sin. And the only way out of that is Jesus Christ, and that's it. And this church turned to God when they heard that message and forsook all else, every idol, everything, the righteous wrath of God poured out on sin. Now, 
I'm simple, so God gave me a good illustration of this on Friday. Uh, I was out in my backyard, like, prepping the garden. Was gra- Went to grab, like, a tea post that was, like, right chest high. I stored on the kids' playground. It's perfect. So went to grab this tea post, and I'm walking right up to it, and I'm just listening to my headphones. And I went to grab this tea post, and fl- flies out of somewhere was a bird. And right by my head, right? And for a moment, I think I lost my man card. Because I, I might have, you know, you like look around, you're like, that didn't scare me. <laughs> it totally scared me. It was like, no, no karate, but I know crazy, you know? So watch out, bird. But it flew past my head so much so that like I, I didn't even hear, I only heard the flutter and I barely saw the streak. And then when I looked down, the bird's laying on the ground and it looks like it broke its wing. Like, I'm like, oh, what did I do? The poor bird. So I start walking towards it and it jumps like 10 feet away and flies a little bit. I'm like, and then it's still sitting there. It's like in circles. And I'm like, oh, I got to help this thing. I walk towards it and then it flies like 10 more feet away. I'm like, Sucker ain't hurt. He's leading me away. What's he doing? Oh, forget it. So I go look, and right there on the playground is a nest with two eggs in it. And right there, I'm thinking, oh, man, what a cool Mother's Day message. Like, she was acting hurt, so if I was seeking a prey, right, I would follow her away and wouldn't touch the babies. Right? I thought, oh, what a cool Mother's Day message. And then I thought, that could have been the dad. So I'll save that message for Father's Day. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Digging holes up here all the time. So, But then the whole narrative went off. I saw, like, it had to be the mom because then there was two of them and they were arguing. I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, we need a new deadbolt on that door. <laughs> all right, so... So, all right, I get this narrative in my head, and you guys, welcome to my crazy. But here's, here's the thing. It doesn't matter what gender that bird was. You know what God in his nature teaches us? That he himself would take our wrath. That God himself, out of heaven, out of his glory, out of all the kingdom of heaven and all that he is, would step into this world, put some flesh on, choose to be born in a manger, choose to be born to a poor person that could only offer two turtle doves when Jesus was born, choose his father that's a carpenter, not even come to a palace, but come to earth just to die to say, no wrath, come on me and not my people. Nature teaches us that you give yourself up for the other ones. But you know what? That's supernatural love. That's what God is. And we hear about His love, but guess what? His wrath is right there saying, I'm going to pour out on sin. Where are my people? Where's the good news? Where's it being preached? That He Himself bore all of our sorrows, all of our shame, all of our punishment was upon Him. And by his stripes, we're free. We're healed. And we're forgiven. 
And here's what happens. And I'm guilty. I want to just stand on the sideline and say, okay, Lord, bring your wrath on everybody else because I got fire insurance. You're good to me. Look at how dark this world is. You better do something, Lord. Come on, God. And God is standing there saying, I sent you guys. Get off the sidelines. Get in the game. I gave you my love. I gave you my word. I gave you my spirit. I gave you everything you need, his own divine nature, to walk over and actually love somebody more than yourself. Because that's the biggest idol that I have in my heart, is me. And I want to turn to God from even me, forsaking myself. This is what he says, to die to yourself and take up your cross daily to serve the king. So that's why I'm saying, who's wearing the crown in your life? Because I can tell you that I'm in here battling like, Lord, no, I'm over here. No, get in the game. No, Lord, no, I'm going to wear the crown. No, do what I tell you to do. Yes, Lord. Because of his great wrath, everybody turn with me to John chapter 3. I want you to see this. John chapter 3, verse 36. Do you know that God's given you the choice? You have the choice to respond to his love. John chapter 3, verse 36. You get the choice to respond. But in making that choice today, you're going to be on one side or the other. John 3.36 says this. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. One side. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. The other side. And those people on the other side that don't have life, the wrath of God remains on them. That breaks my heart. Because I'm that guy. I've been on the wrong side. I've been ready for the fire, the furnace, and the judgment, and the wrath. But God, in his great mercy, saved me. And it wasn't anything I've done. Titus 3.5 says, God is not saving us because we're good on this side. God is saving us because of his great mercy and his great love. And his love triumphs over judgment. And you can come out from underneath that wrath of sin. How many of you are living there? It's empty. It's vain. It's horrible. It's misery. But do you refuse to come? It's your choice. The wrath of God remains. Without Jesus and without obeying Jesus, it even says you won't even see life. And I think we could all fight against that. Like, hold on. No, I've got family. I've got love. I've got life. I'm alive. Look, I'm breathing. And he, No, because you don't understand. Without Jesus Christ, there's no life. The Bible tells us that we're dead in our trespasses and sins. We're already dead. With, until you turn to Jesus, you don't even have life. No matter if you're sitting here breathing or not, if you don't know him, there's no life in you. 
But the good news is you can turn now. He says, today is the day of the Lord. So you have this opportunity, you have this moment right now. Turn with me to Ephesians. We're almost done with the wrath. Ephesians chapter 2. This is in page 1157 in your pew Bible. Ephesians chapter, or sorry, 1159. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 7. And I'm going to read out loud, but follow along. Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 7 says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins. I'm saying this again because I don't want you to think it's for me. It's God's word. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived, in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body and our mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Look at verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. That's the good news. All of mankind is under God's wrath. All of mankind is living to the desires of their own heart, their own mind, their own will, their own way. And God is saying, where are my people that have turned from idols to a living God to serve him? Where's his people? To give Jesus the crown. To be king of your life. You know, this is when we go back to serving. You see, we turn to God, forsake all others. We escape the wrath. We get eternal life. And then we say, okay, Lord, wear the crown of my life. Everything that goes on in my life you dictate what I get to do, how I get to be. And I can tell you this in my young Christian life meant so much to me. It was Matthew 25. Matthew 25. You can turn there if you want to. But it says that God, Jesus will come in all of his glory. He'll sit on his throne. He'll say to the people on his right hand, Come, blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared before the foundation of the world. And he says this, I was hungry... And you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me water. I was naked and you gave me clothes. I was in the hospital and you visited me. I, I was in prison and you came to me. And all the people on his right hand will say, Jesus, when did we see you thirsty, naked, in prison and clothed and sad and all the list? And he'll say, when you did it to the least of these, my brother, you did it to me. Now, in my young Christian walk, I realized something clicked there that I can find Jesus Christ in this world right now, and he's right in front of me, and he has skin on. And I got to go serve him. He saved my soul and saved me from the wrath. By golly, there he is, right there. And I'm going to serve him by changing his tire on the side of the road. 
He, sir, he saved me from wrath. And this is what I started to do. I remember going to the homeless shelter at 3rd Warren, and there's 150. And my job was to fill coffee. And I remember I wept on the way home when I remembered I get to give Jesus coffee. I served my Savior. And he says, yep, good job, Seth. Get up and do it next Saturday, too. <laughs> He saved my soul and I get to pour his coffee? You see, this is a church that will flip the world upside down when we stop thinking about ourselves and we start worrying about others and we start putting their burdens on us. We start loving each other more than we love ourselves. And this is what a whole world is waiting for. People sold out to Jesus and they turn and serve. Paul says, I am free from all men. I'm absolutely free from you but I turn and I serve you to gain you for heaven. Because my Savior took on the cloth, wrapped it around his waist, and washed his disciples' feet. And he says, go and do likewise. When was the last time we washed somebody? When we said, come here and let me serve you. Oh, it's nasty toe jam. I don't want to do it. And Jesus says, I know, but he's on the throne of my heart, not me. Wash the toe jam. And I can tell you because I literally had to do that at a homeless shelter too. Sitting and frozen in his car and had no place, no heat. His feet were frozen and I got to wash Jesus' feet for one night. I got to keep him warm, get him a blanket. And by golly, Jesus is still here with skin on, but where's his church? And I pick on you guys because you're here. There's churches in El Salvador right now because you gave. Right? There's coats, kids with coats on because somebody gave. And that's in our community. Right? There's, there's things I can keep talking about. There's kids that get to go learn about Jesus because you're at VBS as a crew leader. Lord, help us all. They're coming. 175 deep. But Jesus is wearing the crown, and he says, I want you to be a crew leader. No, Lord, I'm not doing that. I want you to go with the junior high to Michigan. No. That's mine. Okay, that was for me. Here's what's amazing. An all-powerful, all-loving, fully wrathful God on sin uses us. He puts his spirit in us, and he says, now go. Go and tell them about him. Go tell them how awesome he is. But here's, here's the hard part. Do we even find out how awesome he is? How wonderful he is? <laughs> Second Corinthians 12.9 says, My God's grace is sufficient for you. You know why? Because his power is made perfect in weakness. I often want to serve the Lord out of my strengths. You know that? And God says, no, it's in your weakness. Find the spot. And I remember this was another story. Same homeless shelter. I took a buddy. And I looked around out of the 150 people, and he's gone. 
I'm like, what is he doing? Does he know the work is out here? Come on, what's he doing? I went looking for him and went back in the back, and you know what? Here he is washing dishes. And I said, dude, this is not where the kingdom work is. The people are out here. He says, no, I hate doing dishes, and this is where God told me to be. And I was like, oh, Jack, whoa. (laughs) I hope God doesn't tell me that. He put himself in the very spot that he knew he hated. But God put him there because God was on the throne. God was wearing the crown. He said, go wash the dishes. Here's another one, 2 Corinthians 5.15. Christ who died for all. When we see his gift, we should no longer live for ourselves. You know who we should live for? The one who died for us. And gave himself for us. First Peter 2.16 says it this way. Live as people who are free. Not using your freedom as a cover for evil. But living as servants of God. This is a church that overturns the world. They turn to God. Forsake everything else in your heart. They start to serve him. And then they go out and they tell people how they can escape the wrath too. How Jesus is the good news for everyone. The last part I'll share with you. If you've turned to God from your idols, you've turned, you're serving, and you're doing a great job, here's what Hebrews 10.25 says. Don't neglect coming together. Come to church. Encourage each other. We come in, we pat each other, we're like, yeah, go team, here we go. We're going to be a church, we're going to serve Jesus, we're going to give him all we got. Now head back out to the battle. Good luck. Right? And it's not easy. Some of it, it's your own marriage. Your own home. Your own heart is divided. Let God heal it. And he says, now when we do this and we do it, come in and keep coming in and go back out, especially more and more as the day is drawing near. What day is that? The day he pours out his wrath. And my my Bible tells me that on that day, who can stand? Nobody. He says, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Whoa, you are Lord and everybody gets down. You can do it now. You can bow your knee now. In fact, I would ask if you'd bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm going to have the band come up for our last song. But I want to challenge you that you're either in or out. It's your choice. God loves you enough to give you that choice. But he loved you enough to send his son that you may escape the wrath to come. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your word, Lord, that we truly are men and women that have been under your wrath just like all of mankind. but you're rich in mercy. If 
it's not for your mercy, none of us can stand. And on that day of judgment, we too will bow, but let us bow in our hearts now and say that you are our king, that you get to wear the crown, and you get to determine everything about our heart, our soul, our desires, our mind. Help us to turn it all back over to you. The one true rightful king. Thank you for being a living God and a true God. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing and the altar is open. You feel free to come down and lay a burden down. Stay where you are. God hears your heart. God knows what you're going through. God knows if you're on his team. God knows if you're still under the wrath. And when you cry out in your heart, he hears that too. Let's stand. Let's sing.